This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Welcome, Jim, how are you doing? Thank you for having me today, I'm well. You said welcome. Thank yeah, you. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. You got a nice place here. Have you been here before? I've just driven by. I haven't this seen is, you. This is beautiful what you've done here. I haven't seen you around here lately. No. But this is nice. I've driven by. I've always wondered what you would do in here. The shag carpet is something for a man of your age. Well. I didn't know you knew what that was. I'm trying to sort of do something through the eras, right? We're all trying to do something, my man. Yeah. 204-780. Not sure either. Thursday, 204-780-6868. 41 days away from the Winnipeg Jets opening up their season against the Calgary Flames October 11th in Calgary. Um. Yeah. So that's what we're all counting down to here. Forty-one days. That'll away. be some way to open, right? Like we're oh, we're yeah. talking. Has there been two bigger franchises talked about this off season and mm-hmm. what they may or may not do or have to do than the Flames and the Jets, and then they'll kick it all off at the Saddle Dome to kick off the season. Yeah, absolutely. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Corey Texas Show. He says welcome. Uh, this texture says, sorry, I'm, that was that meant for me? I'm not sure. 204-780-6868. Maybe he's apologizing for something. Adele? Adele had a sorry song, didn't she? Uh, maybe. Never mind. Lots to get Let's into. Get you know going. what? The um, This is kind of a really interesting topic. The IHF has announced... W- uh, that the European Champions Hockey League will be adjusting its rule book regarding how penalties are handled moving forward. We're going to talk about that I love after that. 1230. We're going to have a discussion about that. We'll talk a little Team USA, potential Team uh, USA as well. Uh, Vancouver, uh, Rick Tocca talking about an issue he has, uh, perhaps with the organization. He wants to get skating. They haven't yet. Um, I'll tell you, we'll tell you why as the show continues on. Uh, but this is a topic that I've seen all over social media over the last little bit uh, regarding the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Athletic put out a front office confidence ranking. Uh, one of the writers there at the Athletic putting that out. 11,000 fans responded uh, in terms of confidence for their team or how they even have confidence about other teams. Like you didn't, you didn't, ha- if you were, you didn't have to just be a fan of say, the New Jersey Devils, who finished first in the confidence rating, uh, you could vote from anywhere. So it's 11,000 total for all the teams in the league. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not a big sample, but. No, not a huge sample. Enough to talk about it. Yeah. So the Winnipeg Jets landed uh, at number 28 in the league. Out of 32. Out of 32 teams. They landed in in terms of, uh, according to the GAN, those 11,000 fans that responded, uh, the Winnipeg Jets had the 28th lowest um, uh, or the uh, the 28th highest, I should say. That makes more sense. One of the lower teams, uh, I guess only four teams would be lower than them in, in the National Hockey League in terms of, uh, according to this athletic um, front office confidence ranking here, uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, received a D-plus overall. Um, uh, they 
a C plus in draft and development, a C in trading, a C plus in cap management, um, uh, free agency received a D total vision received a D as well. Uh, last year they were 26th and, and they're 28th. Now, and I've seen this all over the place. I've seen it on, on Twitter. I saw it on Reddit. I've seen it all, all over the place. X or whatever it's called now. I know it's called X. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's I don't. Called I some, say that all the time and people say, you mean X? And I'm like, X what? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get my new X I'm, shirt or anything. I'm not, I, don't, I don't like this, this rating at all. I don't think it's... You don't think it's fair? Uh, well, I guess fans have the right to... Um, voice their displeasure. Uh, but I think the rankings are incorrect, particularly for the Jets. I mean, a C-plus in draft and development for Winnipeg, the Jets, I, I think that's a ridiculous ranking. Um, C in trading, uh, I think they just got a real good trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think historically the Winnipeg Jets have made some pretty good trades. Uh, Andrew Kopp, you know, bringing in Morgan Barron, getting a first-round pick that ended up being yeah. Brad Lambert. A C-plus in cap management, They've had really good players. I mean, just, just look at the look at the contracts right now for Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. Look at the contract um, of, of some of the other players that that they've also signed here. I agree. They, I, I think it's just saying like C plus. Everyone will be like Blake Wheeler or whatever, and then that all of a sudden make, turns the team into a C plus. I don't. I don't think these results are accurate. They. I. I question them, Jim. I. So the drafting, I agree with you, and we've done this with our friend. Um, is it Jimmy James, who's always he starts every text with love, Jets are junk. You, love you, Jimmy. Jets are junk. Thanks for listening, bud. Um, and he said that it's just a fallacy that the Jets draft well. So I looked at it, and it's not. They draft over the eleven years very well, um, and the number of prospects they've had either within their organization or have traded out that are in the NHL is, is since they've been drafting one of the better ones. Twenty eleven, Jim. The only miss that they've had so far. Um, uh, has been uh, why can't I think of his name? The Finn drafted the year after Patrick Lane. I'm in, I'm going crazy. Oh, 204, right, 78, yeah. 68, 68. Our texters are helping. Oh yeah, well, no, oh, no, we'll get a some, text like right they, away. They, I don't I like. I can't they drafted Lucas Sutter, who never played a game in the National Hockey League. Um, they you know over the years, but historically, uh, who they've drafted and whether they've actually played in the National Hockey League. Christian Veselainen. Right, Christian Veselainen. Okay. Now, yeah, right. I don't know how they um, forget that. Um, but I, I, again, I just, like, we always talk about this, right? Like, so name the guys who, like, Logan Stanley. Well, Logan Stanley's played 100 games. And so, and I know from the, thank you to Ronald who said Vesline. And, and Dylan, um, thank you. But every team has a miss. Every team has a couple misses. Every team should have a couple misses. How many players have they drafted throughout the years that are in the National Hockey League or played, uh, like, 50 games? And there's not a scout that doesn't tell me that first round pick or seventh round pick, um, if they play in the league for, I think it's yeah. three to five hundred games, that's a win. Yeah. Whether it's with you or whether you've dealt them or whether you've waived them, they got picked up by somebody else. Or so, I don't think they're a C plus, but I also don't think they're an A. Like they've they're high up there. They're in the top ten of teams that have drafted well and, yeah. and produced well over a decade now. Um, the free agent thing is fair, but it's not fair, right? Like well, I, I yeah. agree, I agree with the grade, which is a D. Yeah, I do too. But it's not New York or L.A. or Montreal or Toronto or yeah. even Edmonton with Connor McDavid. And anybody who disputes this with me, look at the past ten years since Connor McDavid has been an Edmonton Oiler, and look at the deals the Oilers are making. 
you think Ekholm goes to Edmonton from Nashville if Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl aren't there? No. At the deadline this past year? I don't think so. And look at the impact that Ekholm will and has had on that team. Mm-hmm. So do they do they their grade of a D is accurate for what they've actually done. But is it fair to give them a D because they live in Winnipeg and trying to get a free agent to come here is what is it? When was the last one? Matthew Perot and then Sam Gagne. Yeah. Like this is the ilk we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Perot is the biggest. I mean, and that says a lot. No, no disrespect to Matthew Perot and his impact in the community and for the Winnipeg Jets over his time here. No disrespect. But he's if he's at the top of your free agency list, I'm. It, I mean, the fact is, it, it is what it is. Um, I mean, vision now, is, is this for this year or just this is this year. This because, is going into this yeah, season. So yeah. I, I get the fact that some of those grades are low. I think the drafting should be a little higher, but fair enough, whatever. And then their overall grade, I could see it like they're in tough, right? Because this is a poll that fans vote on. And I don't know any fan myself that doesn't think they should do should have done some more. Yeah. But the problem with that is, is like I've always said, when it comes to free agent, Go into an office, close the door, pick up the phone, and convince a guy to come to Winnipeg mm-hmm. at a certain amount of dollars. I also say that about um, some of the other attributes of the team. Now, the problem is, is like fans voting on this are probably like deal Shifley to Boston. Yeah. Get Hellebuck to New Jersey and get a second-line center for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if they those deals were there, they would be done. I honestly believe that. Yeah, yeah. Free, but they're not. Yeah, I look at free agency as a D. I, 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 again, I think that's a fair grade, but there's there's about 15 asterisks attached to it. Vision is a D. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are, are, in terms of a vision, you might not like it, but the vision is moving forward that they're going to be going, they're going to try to do something this year and try to make the playoffs. Remember when that's, Zach, that's the vision, right? Um, remember when Zach Parise was a free agent? And he was holding court. This is when I started covering the Jets. Yeah. It was 2011 or something like that. Free agency was about to start, and they were holding court in Toronto. So him and his agent sat down, and teams were coming. And the Jets, Kevin Dayoff, wanted to make a pitch. Now, Parise ended up in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, we want to come. And, and so he had about five or six teams. He sat in a room in a hotel in Toronto with his agent and met and had discussions with. The Jets were told, don't even bother coming. Yeah. Thank you, but... Thanks, but no I, thanks. I don't even get on a plane and come to Toronto and sit down with us. I'm not interested. Yeah. Now, Zach Parise is high-end, had a lot of options, but he ended up in Minnesota. But not a is, great. It's not a great difference in terms how many, of How many times when, when a free agent do you think just goes, if I've got three options, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I'll listen. Yeah. I don't want to go there, but I'll listen. Maybe they'll knock my socks off. I, I'm told more often than not that it's just like, don't bother. Yeah. Uh, I, I think C-plus in draft and development, I, I think that's ridiculous. C in trading, C-plus in cap management. I, I don't agree with those. Well, trading too. Like, I mean, but if the, you if you look at the trades they've done, like we did this last year. They've been pretty year. good. Like, Jim, People said they good. never make any moves. He sits on his hands. I did the math. In a six, 18-month span... Nobody made more moves in the Winnipeg Jets. I, I think it's a he B+. He brought plus. in Pierre-Luc Dubois. He then went and got two defensemen, all within a season and a half. So, But the ranking is what it is, because I think the fans are sitting here going... Fans want something to happen. and Make that's, something happen, make it happen. And I have no but, faith that they're going to pull something yeah. off. But I also think a lot of that no faith is, given that it's Winnipeg. Yeah, D-plus overall... 
I don't, I, I don't agree with that. George <laughs> doesn't agree with me. Can you guys get out of your Winnipeg Jets pajamas? You're delusional. Understand you broadcast the games and kiss butt, but it's hard to listen just to you guys anymore. Thanks, like, George. Just, if, all these grades, all these grades are tied to the Jets. They should and all be we do worse. is defend the Jets. Give us some counterpoints, George. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the free agents that line up to come here. Yeah. Herb, and, Herb agrees with George. Cam, take off those rose-colored glasses. And look the at team the trades. D-plus at best. That from Herb. I don't know. You know what? If you were listening on, on Monday, we were discussing, you know, some concerns about the Winnipeg Jets getting people into the rink. I mean, and that, I'm not sure that was necessarily a positive okay conversation. Okay for George really, and, and all the other ones. They haven't drafted well at all. Yeah. They don't have seven high-end skilled players in their lineup right now. They've traded poorly. Only they've lost every trade they've done. The Kyle Connor at 17 when Boston had three chances at him didn't work out. The 14th selection of Josh Morrissey, the 13. I mean, are there misses? Yeah. And and if you don't believe me, then, like I said, pick up the phone, convince a guy to come to play in Winnipeg. For $8 million a year. Convince a high-end free agent to go, I'm coming here. Champions Hockey League changes regarding penalties. We'll get to that when we come back. I like this. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Yeah, Chad Kelly, three-year extension there from the Argonauts. Uh, eight and one Argos. What do you think of that one, Jim? I don't mind it. What's yeah. it going to pay him? Like, he's 200 k this year. Yeah, um, I didn't see the exact figure. It hadn't been released. I saw John Hodge, uh, our friend at Three Down Nation, put out a piece on it and said that basically it could kick up to around Zach Claro's money because he's really young, right? Mm-hmm. And so if he can, uh, if he can live up to that, but I, I, it's a high enough number. John said that they're going to have to rework the cap next year to um, make some room for this contract. But I mean, what a great find right now at 200k. You're starting yeah. quarterback. Oh, 100. percent That just makes your the rest of your team so much better by being able to move that cash around. Uh, on the other side, hey, changes, changes to the Championship Hockey League of Europe in terms of the playoffs. We'll talk like about it. this when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Skyler Peters. 204 780. 6868-204-780-6868. Now, Jim, do you know anything about the Champions Hockey League? Do you know what it is? You know what they are? What do you know no. what, do you, okay. So do you know about the Champions League? Oh yeah. In uh in, in European UEFA Champions yeah. League. All yeah. right, okay. Just checking, just making sure. So what it is is the Champions Hockey League is a collective that actually gets going either today or the next couple days here. Um which is a European first-level ice hockey tournament. Uh, 26 clubs, six leagues, you know, even even more teams uh, uh, take part in it. Um, it's based on rankings. Last year's edition had five teams from Sweden, five from Switzerland, four each from Finland and Germany, three from the Czech Republic, two from Austria, and then one from Hungary, France, Slova- uh, Slovakia, UK, Norway, Poland, and Denmark. And there's some other ways that a team can qualify but so so that's it's it 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 operates as sort of you grab the top teams from each European yeah. hockey league they get together and they compete in a tournament right it, just like the UEFA Champions Champions League uh, goes so this league has decided that they were going to make some changes particularly uh, to how penalties um, are going to be sort of. Uh, penalties are going to be implemented and, and how they could potentially change. And these are the sort of the three ones that had a lot of people, um, a lot of people talking and here they are. Okay. Minor penalties dealt the same way as major penalties. A team which causes a minor penalty 
will remain shorthanded even if the opposing team scores a goal. Love so it. it's two minutes yeah. regardless. It doesn't matter if your team scores. It doesn't cut it down. It's going to stick around. So at, you can score three goals on one minor power one minor power play. Yeah, you, yeah. you potentially could. Four or five. Uh, serving two. delayed penalties. A minor penalty will be served even if a goal is scored while the delayed penalty is spoken. That's what I just... Um, that's what I just, uh, we just, uh, mentioned that one here. Um, even if the goal is scored well, while it's okay, I'll read that again. Serving pe- uh, delayed penalties, a minor penalty will be served. Even if a goal is scored while a delayed penalty is pending. So you pull the net, you, you, you put six skaters, uh, pull you, the put goalie. A, you pull the goalie, you put another guy out, you score before the other team touches the puck. You still go on the power play after that. And the third one is shorthanded goals. Uh, uh, the short a shorthanded goal will erase the current minor penalty. So if your team scores a shorthanded goal, the minor penalty will end. That's the only way to cancel the penalty is if you score like shorthanded. It. And this I is like what the, uh, the European Champions Hockey League is going to be implementing these these upcoming seasons. I like every one of these. Yeah, I really do. I think that um, like the delayed penalty while you're trying to score and stuff, and if you score, you have a you still have the power play. Great. Now the interesting part about that one is is so there's a delayed penalty, goalie comes out, another yeah. guy jumps on the ice, you score. You're still going on the power play. Mm-hmm. So you already have a goal. Now you can score as many p- goals as you yeah. can in the two-minute period. Yeah. So how do you think that would affect play? Like, do you think play would become – do you think players would go out of their way to take less penalties? Yes, without a you doubt. Do, eh? I think if you have Connor McDavid screaming down the wing and the only he's already got you beat – you know, you weren't moving your feet. That's my question. Would you just, you, okay, he's beat me. I could lunge here and take a two-minute minor and we'll roll the dice with the best power play in the National they Hockey They could score league. two. Or should I just let him go if he scores? Fair enough. Because if I do this and he scores mm-hmm. and they go to the power play and get two more, it's a three-goal play. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would be fascinated because I think – when instincts kick in and he's blowing by you, you're trying to do everything you can, and that's when penalties are taken, right? You you have would to be watch interested it. to see if you just go, I gotta let him go, and if he scores, so be it, because I don't want him to score, go to the power play, score two more goals, and all of a sudden it's three nothing instead of one nothing. I wonder how it would affect how power plays are used too. Would you see the second unit out a lot more a lot more? Because you give them the first thirty seconds to forty five seconds and then you give your full unit the final or minute. Or would you just 15? load it up? Would you just load up one power play and just ride it every two minutes? For two minutes. Don't even worry about it. It's interesting. It, it would definitely. I mean, if you're the Oilers, I load that thing up every minor power play, and I'll just t- do three to four minutes after the power play with my third and fourth line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I. Now, uh, that might be dumb because then, like, if it's Tampa and they come over the boards with Kucherov and Stamkos, and I got my third line out there f- double shifted yeah. or, or every second shift. But I, I mean, I think it's fascinating. It's a great way to get goals up or scoring up. Um, and I think it's also a bit of a deterrent on the penalties. And I, I love the idea that if you score a shorthanded goal, then you don't like that's an advantage. Yeah. If you get a shorthanded goal, like say you say somebody turns a puck over at the point and you're 28 yeah. seconds into a power play and you get scored on. So now you have a minute 30 to basically get that goal back. I love the idea that you screwed up, you made the mistake, your power play's gone, and you're down a goal. Would you see teams cheat a little bit more? On that? I would think so, yeah. Would, yeah. Especially late in a game if you're down one. Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. What what better way if there's three minutes to go and you take a minor penalty and you're up by a goal to cinch a game is to just well and if you're getting a little desperate I mean it's a it's um uh you know you took, or you need a goal sorry say yeah. say you're down a goal you took a penalty it's three two you have two or no sorry you're up three two and you take a penalty or again you're against a, a dynamite power play there's three minutes left in the game. You want to get those guys off the I, ice. I don't think it, yeah, I, now that we're talking this out, I don't think that it would encourage the penalty kill to be more aggressive or anything, but I, I do think it would go to having more of the Kyle Connors on the penalty kill. That's right, yeah. And uh, Yeah, you like get that. goal scorers on there. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, 204-780-6868. This texture says, these rule changes are interesting. The concern I have is referees will be even more hesitant to call penalties. This, I don't want to influence the result mentality, will become even worse, fewer and fewer calls. I think you'd see fewer calls, but I think teams would be more hesitant, particularly against. But also, Jim, how I think it also would affect things is if a team had a real weak power play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You'd be like, come on, come at us. You know what I mean? You you take that little bit of extra. You take it. You take that little bit of extra. Well, I, think. I mean, how long did we go here in Winnipeg last year without a power play goal being scored? It was games. Yeah. And so, would you be that threatened by it, or yeah? It's just, I, I just think it's all designed around more scoring. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. This texture says NHL union is not going to like those rules. Interesting though. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that one, that text message wasn't. But this goes back to our conversation a couple of weeks ago about things that the league could do to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the things like I've always thought. So, like somebody two hands you on purpose, or somebody drags you down on a breakaway, yeah, you're going to two minutes. And and again, what's your mind process if it's just five on five? There's a turnover at the blue line. Somebody's got a breakaway. Do you bring him down? Mm-hmm. Like do you bring McDavid down, or are you better off to just let him go and not give up, take a power play? Yeah, this texture says divers think twice about those rules. Uh, two hundred four seventy. It is. It is. Cam, interesting what that one texter said though, because we all know how I feel about the level of consistency and officiating yeah. to begin with. And if if in the subconscious of an official, this game could really get out of hand, or this game could really get out of control. And then imagine these rules in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like there could be oh, some playoff way. games that are over in the first period. Yeah. If one team takes three minor penalties. And say in the three minor penalties, the other team scores five goals. This game is over. Yeah. Yeah. Say they score one on the first power play. Ten minutes later, they get another power play and score two. And then at the end of the period, they get another power play and sneak one in. It's all of a sudden it's five, nothing. Yeah. But you, if you took the penalties, if you took the penalties and you couldn't kill them off. I'm, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm all for it, but we know how the league operates yeah. and we know how officials operate, especially in the third period compared to the first period. And we know how it is in April <laughs> compared to October. Yeah. The NHL loves and I hate saying parody. this because I just wish there was mistakes or mistakes, but I wish there was more consistency in the game. And I don't know if this would promote it as opposed to yeah. the NHL loves false false uh false parody false hope hope's a dangerous thing andy (laughs) that's that's right it sure is uh john text the show 204-780-6868 will never happen refing is way too inconsistent uh dom says it used to be like that you serve the whole two minutes the change happened because the Habs scored too many goals on the power play in the 60s and 70s had to change back that one from dom here's interesting from dylan i'd like to see goalies serving their own penalties now, you wouldn't be without a goalie, so 
Yeah. Your Jordan Bennington loses his mind. Yeah. Takes a two minuter and he goes to the box and your backup has to play the penalty kill. I don't mind that. And then when 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 it's over, he's got to make his way to the bench till the play stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the one thing I do want is if you're going to play the puck like a defenseman outside the zone, you can be hit like a defenseman. Mm. I, I really want that from goalies. If you want to go outside the zone in the back of your net and play the puck, fair enough. But if you have the puck and you just dish it off the boards and all a guy can do is wave at your pass, it, how much would that change the game if you could hit a goalie in the in their own end? How many goalies would come out? Yeah. How many goalies would play the puck? And then how many liberties would you be like, I think he's going to play the puck. I'm going to double down. I'm Brandon Tanev. I'm going to pick up a gear here. Yeah. I think, I, and wouldn't that lead to more offense? Because I think what would come from that rule is goalies would stay in their net more. Yeah. And if goalies stay in their net more, then guys are getting a more loose pucks. Yeah. And the zone's not being cleared, and that creates more offense. They would have to be protected in, like, the trapezoid behind. Yeah, and, and I'm in not the saying crease. run the goalie like the old days that I yeah. grew up in. I'm not saying purposely run the goalie. But if a goalie's coming out right now, and it's there's a puck at the face-off circle, we know he's going to fire it off the boards and go. But if that was a defenseman firing it off the boards, he would get hit. I don't mind that. That I don't mind. I think it's fair. 204-780-6860. This texture, this is, uh, you know what, I, I'm not sure what I think about it, but I'm going to read it anyways. You want to change rules, put a chaser in the crease to chase the slow pokes in a shootout. It's not fair to goalies. Make the stress equal. This is interesting, too, that says, um, I don't want to see a lot of power plays power play goals are boring. Um, and that's the downside of this. Like I trying to look at all sides of this. Yeah. I think to get scoring up, it's great. But what I just said a couple of minutes ago, you're in danger of having a game being seven, one in the midway point of the second period. And it's over. Yeah. Whereas in reality with three power plays, it might just be three, one in the middle of the second and the game's yeah. still on at best case scenario. If you have a deadly power play like the Oilers, then there's a chance that on two power plays, you could be up for nothing. That power play could score two goals of power play. Yeah. A game. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what that texture says. Uh, John adds, if a team is struggling and has a weak power play, does the opposition dress four defensemen and load up on the forwards? No, I, I don't think any of these rules would cause you to change your lineup. I, I think the coaches, I think coaching would, it's like anything, Jim. It's like the Michigan. It was all the rage. And then all the coaches figured out how to stop it because it's kind of stupid. And <laughs> um, all of a sudden, it, you know, I think there was how many goals? There was how many Michigan goals? I think the I think there was a bunch of go- players that just scored one. Nobody ended up scoring more than one yeah. Michigan goal all season. I love the idea if you give up a shorthanded goal, the power plays over. I like that idea too. I, I, I'm I'm 50-50 on the score as many times as you can on a full two minutes, no matter how many times you score, because mm-hmm. that could cause a game to get out of the hand. The other one I do like, though, is so every team has a seventh defenseman. So let's say Logan Stanley. Yeah. And uh, a seventh forward, let's say Jansen Harkins. I love the idea that if a player goes down in the mid-row point of the second period, that the the minute, and he's out. So then in the second intermission, you get that Logan so-and-so, Nate Schmidt will not return for the rest of the game. Logan Stanley can play the third period. What I've, well, and I've said this. I, I think that that's a great way to sort of keep teams from going down a guy, from the, just having that, and you can only do it once. But you have a like they have an emergency goalie, right? That if somebody gets hurt, he's got to come out of the press box, put his gear yeah. on, and sit on the bench. I'd love that idea for one defenseman and one forward. I, I think so, and and I, I think this would lead to 
uh, some some other interesting things too as well. I think an, the, each team should be able to change their lineup mid period. Bring a guy in for for two periods. If if a guy is every other professional sport does this. Uh, if a guy is not performing or the matchups aren't working, and bring somebody else and hey, this game's got a lot tougher. We'll bring Logan Stanley in from the box. This is an example. See, but that to me is like dressing instead of twenty two. It's like dressing twenty four. And you got an option there. So what? Uh, you just shorten the bench if a guy's not playing well. I, if it's due to injury, I'm for it. But that guy can't come back. So, like, if if you're putting Jans- Jansen Harkins in, no offense to Harkins, but yeah. if you're putting him in for Nick Ehlers, you know that Nick Ehlers can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. But then you can still have, and, and there's a guy who can come in and go, I, I get a period here. Let's go. Yeah. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Let's take a break. On the other side, when we come back, how many teams in the NHL don't have a practice facility? I'll tell you this. It's less than five, but one of them sort of has a an association with one. So it's really only one team that really doesn't have a practice facility. And a coach, their coach, he made it known. He made it known to the entire NHL. We'll get to that when we come back. He does know there's other ice in the city, right? Like, he doesn't have to be a practice. You don't have to freeze a pond or anything for these guys. Why are you taking away (laughs) the excuses for what is sure to be a fantastic season coming up for this team? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. So which two teams in the National Hockey League right now, Jim, technically do not have practice facilities? Which two? Here's your hint. It's not the Winnipeg Jets. No, they have the Hockey for... Hockey for All Center, of course. Hockey for All Center. Of course, that's where FanFest is going to be happening on Saturday, September 23rd, as uh, training camp kicks off. Hey, opening today at 10 o'clock, you could have got your... You can get it now. Eight tickets per order, free, to get your spot at uh, the Winnipeg Jets FanFest. They'll squeeze that in there. That's going to be a lot of fun. Great time. Always a great time. Uh, Which two teams, though, Jim? Well, I know, because this is what we're going to talk about, Vancouver's one. Yes, I don't know who the other. The other team kind of has an association, the Flames, right? They got Windsport, and they've they've held but training not an camps. Official their own, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they you do use the Windsport, which is an incredible facility. If you have ever been in Calgary, you're, you're very well it's aware. It's the home of, that. of Hockey Canada. I've had yeah. a buddy used to work there, and once I stopped in, and he's went for lunch. And he's like, you want to see the, and that's where all the. If anybody's ever wondering, it's worth the time. It's where all the world junior hockey trophies are, all the world hockey championship medals yep. and all that. The history of Hockey Canada is there. Yeah, they've had some great curling tournaments there as well, too. Now, the the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, the only team without an, like without an, any sort of association with a practice facility, uh, was asked this question. You said at the end of last season that you wanted players to return to Vancouver by mid-August and start skating together. That didn't really happen. Obviously, it works against you that the Canucks do not have a practice facility, but are you disappointed there weren't more guys in town? Question mark. Well, Rick Tockett said, it's a great question because it's give and take, right? We don't have a practice facility, and Rogers Arena was under construction. Uh, there's a lot of things that we just don't have, so I can't really blame the players, he continued. I can't be disappointed. Players were not here in mid-August because they probably had a facility or something where they were. We're working on that as an organization. We want players to stay and train under our umbrella and under our roof. The best teams do that. In fact, every other team in the National Hockey League, outside of the Calgary Flames, who don't have a dedicated practice facility, do that. Um, so, I But that much, much like the Flames... They can rent ice at Max Bell Arena in Calgary, or a lot of them will go to the Windsport Center and yeah. rent ice. And 
But maybe that's it. Maybe that's part of the new NHL is that they just don't rent their own anymore, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, for years, even before I think the Iceplex at the time was built, they would come back in and get some ice time. Because, like, the MTS Center doesn't have ice right now. I no. think it's going to be made soon, mm-hmm. and there's concerts and stuff. But I don't know if this <laughs> – I don't think that's an excuse why players aren't coming back to Vancouver. And being that it's Vancouver, I'm surprised that more players haven't come back. Like, the Jets, I promise you, by this weekend will all well, be Well, after that season, they don't want to – they don't want to go, you know. There's very few, I think, that by September long weekend, like a lot of them come in now, get, and especially if they have kids. But, like, I mean, Gabe Velarde's here. And so he's probably getting a house and doing all this. And then the Jets go, here's the ice time if you want to get out there. They're not renting it themselves. But I don't know, Mr. Tockett, if this is the reason why they're not coming back to Vancouver. But. I, I, have an, I, have an, I have a belief that there's probably quite a few places to rent ice in, somewhere in Vancouver. But then, I mean, maybe it's not central. Well, or How much is it? A hundred bucks? Well, no, it's not the cost. It's where is the ice? Like if we all, if they all live downtown around the Rogers Center. Well, it's a real estate issue as to why they don't have the team and, now. And the, the ice is in it's North Van. Issues. That's like, are you, but I mean, again, if you're, if you're going to a 1030 ice time in North Van from downtown Vancouver and you're leaving at 9 a.m., I don't know. I just, I thought it was a weird. I, and I you have nothing else is, to do the rest of the day. We got to go. We got to go. You have nothing else to do the rest of the day. Just go the to the, That's exactly Give what he's doing. Give him some prime time real estate in downtown Vancouver for blocks. We need our players to have a place where they can practice. It's dirt cheap right now in downtown Jim Vancouver. Jim Jones, take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Can't Thank you very much. And Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. That's it for me. I'm back to the Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.